Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 54 of the Scottish History Podcast. My name is Owen Innes and this week I'm going to be telling you about the Scottish national football team. The reason? Well, Scotland are playing in the European Championships 2020 that starts this coming Friday the 11th of June. And it's the first international tournament that we've appeared in for quite a long time. So join me for episode number 54 as I tell you a little bit about Scotland's national football team. So this week sees the Scotland national football team returning to play in an international tournament for the first time in 23 years. Scotland have failed to qualify for the World Cups in 2002, 2006, 2010, 2014 and of course in 2018 with the last tournament that we appeared in being the World Cup 1998 in France. We also have failed to qualify for the European Championships in the year 2000, 2004, 2008, 2012 and 2016. Now, as a Scotland fan, disappointment is always on the cards. However, just to see the national team once again on the main stage of international competition it is something that I am immensely proud of. I do specifically remember it was the opening game of the World Cup in France, 1998. 11 years old, I was just about to start high school at the time. And I was actually at the high school for a three-day induction. Um, At the end of that particular school day, though, I did run as fast as I could, which is not very fast, but I ran as fast as I could back home arriving just in time to see the national anthems being played on the television, first of all for the eventual finalists and defending World Cup champions Brazil, and they were up against some wee diddy team called Scotland. Sitting with my dad to watch Scotland in a World Cup was a great feeling, 
Uh, it was one that, at the time, we never knew that we were ever really going to see again. Uh, we always went to football games together, myself and my dad, from when I was a very young boy. So, you know, it was just something that it was great to sit there and watch Scotland at a World Cup. Now, on that day, Brazil took an early lead when Cesar Sampaio scored after just four minutes. I remember feeling absolutely deflated. And after just four minutes, that's a long time to wait uh, before the final whistle blows. At that point, you do think, as a Scotland fan, and especially against a team like Brazil, who had the top two best players in the world playing for them in Rivaldo and Ronaldo uh, at the time, it was crazy. So you start to think, oh God, we're going to lose very, very heavily. However, on that day, after 37 minutes, Cesar Sampao, the man who scored after four minutes for Brazil, gets involved in the game again. But this time, he brings down Scotland's Kevin Gallagher in the box, and a penalty is awarded to Scotland. John Collins, uh, who at the time I think was playing for Celtic, stepped up to take it and with his left foot expertly struck the ball past the Brazilian goalkeeper Tafarel. And at half-time, the score was 1-1. Now, throughout the course of the entire game, Scotland really held their own against the World Cup champions. Uh, of course, you know the World Cup champions from, that would have been the World Cup 1994, uh, which was in the USA. But after 73 minutes, despite playing incredibly well, Brazil scored again. Well, technically, Scotland scored, but it was into their own net as Tom Boyd, once again playing for Celtic at the time, turned the ball into his own net and then the game finished 2-1 to Brazil. But once again, that is a great, great result for a team like Scotland. Again, going behind after four minutes, you think... We're going to lose, and we're going to lose this by quite a lot, especially when they've got Rivaldo and Ronaldo up front. Now, of course, we're not talking about Cristiano Ronaldo here, and of course he's uh, Portuguese, um, but uh, we're talking about the original Ronaldo, regarded as one of the greatest football players that we've ever seen. I do remember the game very well, but it was just, again, great to see us playing at a World Cup. At that point, though, not a single Scots person would have thought that that would be the last time that we would ever play in a World Cup to date. Fast forward to Friday the 13th of November 2020. In front of zero fans, Ryan Christie scored an exceptional goal after 52 minutes to put Scotland ahead against Serbia in a last-ditch effort to qualify for Euro 2020. Scotland was feeling great at the time, you know, we're 1-0 up, it's getting into the dying moments of the game, what's going to happen? Well, after 90 minutes, with almost the last kick of the ball, Serbia equalised to take the game into extra time. The game ended in what was to be a famous penalty shootout. Famous for Scotland anyway. Scotland had scored all five of their penalty kicks when Serbia's top goalscorer Mitrovic stepped up for their final kick. David Marshall made an excellent save down to his right-hand side and stared straight at the referee. For what seemed like hours, we waited until the referee finally blew his whistle to signal that Scotland had indeed qualified for Euro 2020, the first major tournament that Scotland would play in for 23 years.
And the reason why the goalkeeper had to stare straight at the referee was because of this whole, the goalkeeper cannot leave his goal line during a penalty. If he leaves his goal line too early, then the penalty kick can get retaken. So David Marshall was worried that the penalty kick would have to get retaken. And to be honest, so was the whole of Scotland at the time. So this coming Friday, as I mentioned before, the 11th of June 2021, we'll see the beginning of the European Championships, or Euro 2020, which was of course postponed from last year due to the ongoing global pandemic. Scotland find themselves in a group with Croatia, the Czech Republic, and of course, the old enemy, England, which was a nice little surprise for us when the groups were drawn out. Now, Scotland versus England was actually the first ever international football match ever played, and it was played on the 30th of November 1872. The game itself finished in a very enthralling 0-0 draw. In 1873, the British Home Championship became an annual feature, with Scotland playing England, Wales and Ireland every single year until 1989, when the tournament itself was dropped. But of course, it is always the games versus England that Scotland care about. In total, the two national teams have met on 113 separate occasions to this date. The most recent of those matches was a 2-2 draw at Hampden Park in Glasgow on the 10th of June 2017. A draw, though, that felt more like a defeat. Two absolutely spectacular free kicks by the former Livingston striker, Livingston being my, uh, my own hometown team, uh, so the two spectacular free kicks by Lee Griffiths had Scotland 2-1 up heading into the final minutes of the game. After an England free kick, Stuart Armstrong of Scotland, well, no one to this day knows what he was up to. All he needed to do was boot the ball up the field. But no, he passed the ball into danger and seconds later it was 2-2. A blow, but still on the whole, a great performance from Scotland. So if you were to sit and watch Scotland play in this tournament, who is playing and who are the top players in the team? So the Scotland squad has a total of 26 players. Due to the pandemic, We've uh, uh, all teams are allowed to take up to 26 players with them in case, of course, there are any positive COVID tests, etc. So basically the squad consists of three goalkeepers, 10 defenders, 10 midfielders, and three strikers. Now, the main players to look out for me, uh, in my opinion, are, uh, first of all, you've got David Marshall in goals. Uh, He's an experienced goalkeeper at 38 years old. To be honest, the two goalkeepers, which are um, sort of the, the substitute goalkeepers, I think Craig Gordon, I'm pretty sure he's 38, and John McLaughlin, I'm pretty sure he's 32, 33. So all of our goalkeepers are incredibly, incredibly experienced. That's because we, for some reason, cannot produce good young goalkeepers at the moment. Um, but uh, at 38 years old, he his heroics on getting us to the Euros cannot go unnoticed. So for me, it's very little surprise that he wears the number one jersey for the tournament. Uh, so every player has a squad number for the, um, for the tournament. So he is basically... Uh, the manager's number one goalkeeper. 
next up, uh, we'll move into the defence. So we've really got two defenders to look out for, in my opinion. You've, of course, got Andrew Robertson. He's 27. He's a League Cup... Uh, sorry, a League and a Champions League winner with Liverpool. He can play on the left side of defence, so a position known as left-back, if you're not familiar with uh, football terms or soccer terms. Uh, so he can play left back or he can play the left hand side of midfield so left winger that sort of idea whip crosses into the box try and get them onto the heat of some uh, unsuspecting Scotland player in the box uh, he is also the Scottish national team captain so again 27 years old to be captain of your country it's a massive massive honour for him um, and he will wear the number 3 jersey uh, next up is Kieran Tierney uh, Kieran Tierney, like Robin, uh, sorry, like Robertson, uh, they both play the same position, uh, which has always seemed to have proved a little bit of a problem when trying to fit two players that play exactly the same position into the same squad. Um, however, Kieran Tierney he now plays for Arsenal uh, down in England, so he's mostly been playing as a left-sided centre back. So he normally plays at the back, but more uh, into the centre rather than out wide. Um, however, he links up incredibly, incredibly well with Andrew Robertson. So you'll always probably hear those two names when Scotland are moving forward. You'll definitely hear Robertson's name. And uh, from time to time, you'll also hear Kieran Tierney's name too. Now, our midfield is uh, arguably, uh, and again, in my opinion, the strongest area that we have uh, moving forward uh, with players like Scott McTominay of Manchester United. He plays central midfield. David Turnbull of Celtic. He's a nice young player, about 21, I think he is. Uh, he's had an absolutely excellent season for a very, very poor Celtic side this season. Uh, he scored quite a number of goals, very, very good performances. He's only played once for Scotland before in a friendly just a, a few days ago, but he is definitely one to watch for this tournament. Uh, you've got James Forrest, slightly more experienced player. Uh, he's a right winger, so he's again quite attacking and he'll be found on the right-hand side. He again plays for Celtic. Ryan Fraser of Newcastle United. He's maybe a little bit of a wild card thrown in there. He's been injured for the last few months. He's not really played much football, so it is quite interesting to find that he's made it into the squad, but he is a very, very good player. But the player, I think, that, uh, you know, if you were to go out there and buy yourself a Scotland top and you wanted to have a number and a name put on the back of that top, for me, the one to watch is John McGinn uh, of Aston Villa. Currently, he's Scotland's top goal scorer in the whole squad. He scored 10 goals in 32 appearances. Now, when you think, you know, international matches don't come along very often... Yeah, so at this moment in time, uh, one of the players that I'm about to mention has just scored, uh, and that takes him up to two uh, Scotland goals, and he's uh, one of the strikers. So John McGinn, he scored 10 goals. I think he's got a hat-trick in there somewhere as well, but uh, he's a very, very good attacking midfield player. So again, you'll usually see or hear a lot of his name in the commentary uh, on the television. So when we move on to the strikers, uh, we've taken three strikers. The first one... Um, is Lyndon Dykes. He's an Australian-born Scot. So uh, he's born in Australia, but both of his parents are Scottish. Um, he was convinced into 
coming to join Scotland uh, a number of months ago now. He now plays for Queen's Park Rangers in England, but he came to prominence really playing for Queen of the South down in Dumfries. Uh, and then he got himself a move to the famous Livingston Football Club, scored a rake of goals for us uh, in the league. So um, he got uh, the Livingston's highest ever transfer fee down to Queen, uh, QPR down in England. So uh, he's one to watch, uh, but we also have newcomers, so relative newcomers. Again, they've only played two uh, games. Well, one of them's only played one game for Scotland so far. Uh, so we've got uh, Shea Adams, uh, he's the one that's just scored against Luxembourg. So we've got newcomer Shea Adams and Kevin Nisbet. Uh, Kevin Nisbet, again, he's had one game and scored one goal, so can't argue along with that. And that was against the Netherlands as well, a very, very good football inside. So Kevin Nisbet is in there as well. So three strikers who we know can score goals. Uh, in there, but for me, I think the um, the player to watch is probably going to be Shea Adams. He's had a great, great season with Southampton in the English league. So, uh, Scotland's manager, um, you'll hear a lot from him. <laughs> um, usually very droll and quite dross, the man. But uh, so Scotland's manager is Steve Clark. Uh, he took the job after the sacking of Alex McLeish. Clark's had a decent career as a player, um, where he turned out for only just two teams. Turned out for St Mirren, winning himself a move down south to Chelsea, uh, where he retired in, I think, 1994. And then a few years later, he joined Chelsea as Jose Mourinho's assistant manager. Um, He also represented Scotland at a national level on six different occasions. So I suppose a few people might be a little miffed as to what this has to do with Scottish history. To me, history was made uh, against Serbia when we played Serbia uh, just to qualify for a major tournament for the first time in 23 years. Technically, it's 22 years, but, you know, because we're now in 2021, to me, that's, that's 23. Um, yeah, fair enough, it is recent history, but uh, hopefully we can go on in this championship to make some more history. Perhaps just making it over one little hurdle more than we've ever managed to make it before and that we can go as far as we possibly can in the competition. We've got some good players in there. I'm not going to say they're world class, but we've got some very, very good players in there. And as we all know, things can happen. The underdog can win on big occasions. So, Regardless, Scottish football is, of course, alongside history, a major passion of mine. If you're not interested, then that's totally fine. But I hope that, you know, you would give the Scots guys a wee backing this coming summer in this competition. So, uh, so of course, I just uh, want to wish the, the team all the best for the competition. And hopefully we can, uh, you know, grab a couple of surprise draws, especially against them from south of the border. Uh, So I will now leave you with the sounds of Amy MacDonald alongside 40,000 Scotland fans singing their hearts out at Hamden, belting out a fine rendition of Flower of Scotland. So take care, I'll speak to you again next time, and of course, come on Scotland. (laughs) 